Welcome to the Seeing Red Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Seeing Red Podcast. My name is Troy Moriello, and I am your host, bringing you up to date and up to speed on all things St. John's basketball. And one week after failing in heartbreaking fashion to break the losing streak at Hinkle Fieldhouse against Butler, St. John's makes up for it in what I would say is a big way as they finally break the Xavier curse. They break a six-year losing streak and a 12-game losing streak to the Musketeers with a huge 93-84 win over Xavier at Karnaseka Arena on Tuesday night. And they start up hopefully a new winning streak after their six-game streak was broken last week. They've now won seven of eight. And more importantly, they are 14-8 overall, back to 500 at 8-7 in the conference. And at the time of this recording, they are in fifth place in the Big East. An absolutely massive win for the Red Storm, as we know. I mean, we had a full week to think about this. The players had a full week to think about this. The coaches had a full week to think about this. And they looked like they were ready to go. And they looked like they came out prepared to win this game. St. John's really needed this game if their tournament hopes were going to stay alive. A loss wouldn't have entirely sunk the tournament hopes, but it would have put you in a spot where really you had, you know, razor thin margin of error your final uh, four games of the season. Now that margin of error really stays the same. It's still slim for sure. You still need to win two at the very least, maybe three to feel really good about your tournament chances. But they take care of business tonight. They beat a team that I think they're just as good as, if not better than. And they live to fight another day on the bubble, you know, for the for the next week at least, hopefully, if they can take care of business against DePaul. What was the story of the win, though, for the Red Storm? One, absolutely the balanced scoring. Julian Champagny did his thing. An efficient 6 of 11 from the field, 21 points, 5 rebounds for him. He was his usual self. Posh Alexander, after just two points in the first half, picks it up with 15 in the second half. An all-around great game from Posh Alexander. Nearly had a triple-double with 15 points, 8 rebounds, and 9 assists. Posh did his part. But how about Rasheem Dunn stepping up with 17 points? Had another roller coaster game there. You know, had a couple of plays that made you scratch your head, especially down the stretch. Missed a couple of free throws down the stretch that kind of extended this game a little bit. But 17 points and hit a couple of big shots for them. And how about Marcellus Erlington? Looking like the uh, the Big East tournament game against Georgetown where he couldn't miss a three. Goes four of five from three-point range. Hit another one where his foot was out of bounds, by the way. Almost had five. But ends up scoring 16 points. Was huge on the glass, grabbing nine rebounds. And really powers St. John's to this win with his 16. And Isaiah Moore. Five of six from the field. Stepped out and hit a three. But again, right around the rim. Catching those easy passes and dunking the ball, uh, you know, after a great assist from 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 guards from like Dunn and from Wusu who, who you know penetrate and then kick to him for an easy slam. Eleven points from Isaiah Moore tonight. It was the balance for St. John's with five guys in double figures. You know, Julian did his part, but when you score ninety three points, other guys are going to step up. And tonight, 
It was Marcellus Erlington and it was Isaiah Moore who really stepped up for the Red Storm. I felt like this wasn't a typical St. John's win. You know, how did St. John's beat Villanova, for example? Well, Posh pressured the hell out of Gillespie. You know, the the, the St. John's, you know, pressured the hell out of, out of Villanova. Put the clamps down on Villanova defensively. Got out in transition. Got a bunch of steals. Got a bunch of easy layups after steals. Forced, you know, whatever it was, 16, 17 turnovers. Xavier, excuse me, Xavier only turned the ball over eight times in this game. You know, it was not a turnover fest from Xavier. This is very much a half-court game. You know, St. John's needing to find a way to make baskets in the half-court. And this is a team that now feels comfortable playing in the half-court, which you could not say a month ago. But this is a team that's shown its comfort level in playing the half-court, and that comes from their depth and, you know, their ability to have four or five guys that can score in double figures on a given night. 24 assists on 34 made field goals in this game for St. John's. That's beautiful. And that shows you that's a team that's been comfortable playing in the half court for a couple weeks now. You know, they had no issues getting open shots, getting good looks. Remember that first Xavier game when with a couple of minutes to go, Xavier went to zone and St. John's looked like they had never played against a zone before. Remember that? And that was really the driving force in that win for Xavier. They switched to the zone, and St. John's had no clue what to do against it. Tonight, Xavier switched to the zone, and and I didn't really notice any big difference in St. John's offensive production. Again, they scored 93 points. They almost put up 100. So yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of lull periods or bad periods offensively for St. John's in this game. Shot 51% from the field, 38% from three-point range. Man-to-man, zone, didn't really seem to matter what Xavier was playing. St. John's was getting good looks. And it came from the ball movement. It came from the movement without the ball. Guys moving around. Guys setting screens. Guys making back cuts. Love to see it. And we're seeing a team that is really comfortable playing in the half court, which, as I said, a month ago when they played Xavier, a month plus ago when they played Xavier, they weren't comfortable playing in the half court. They weren't comfortable playing against the zone. We're now seeing that they've evolved to doing that. And that's a big reason why now they're on the bubble. They're firmly on the bubble in going into the final two or three weeks of the season. But a huge win. I thought defensively as well, Isaiah Moore, Marcellus Erlington really stepped up. This wasn't really a Josh Roberts game. He didn't play a whole lot in this game. And when he did, he wasn't incredibly impactful in this game. Had no points, uh, one rebound, one assist, didn't take a shot. More though, with his 11 points, with his five rebounds. Erlington, and we already mentioned, with his three-point shooting, with his 16 points, but also grabbing nine rebounds. Those guys were big. I thought the defense on the perimeter was solid. Could have been better. I mean, Xavier shot 43 pointers in this game, <laughs> but I thought that the, the three-point defense could have been a little bit better. They got a little bit lucky. I feel like with Xavier missing some open shots, but overall, the defense wasn't terrible. You know, Fremantle got his with his 22 points. Uh, Jones had a really good game with 20 points. But outside of that, no one really killed you. Scruggs had 14 points and 6 assists. They got him in foul trouble. Kunkel only had 5 points. Tandy only hit that 1-3. There wasn't, you know, no, no one on Xavier really killed you outside of Fremantle with his 22 points. But you'll give that up. Mm-hmm. 
I thought Moore and Erlington were really good on the defensive end. And I thought Dunn and Posh did a really nice job on Scruggs as well in this game. But it's a big, big win for St. John's, as we mentioned. Puts you now where you have a little bit of leeway, I think. A little bit. Because that's a quality win. You know, that's a quad two win right now that could turn into quad one for sure. That puts you in fifth place right now in the Big East where you really want to be in fifth place. Because I think five Big East teams are probably going to make it to the tournament. I don't think you're going to get six. So you want to be number five. And now looking ahead, you know, you've got to take care of business against DePaul. That is a, that you know, that's a cannot lose that type of game. You know, you're not going to gain anything from beating, you know, the worst team in the conference like DePaul. But, you know, you kind of handled DePaul really at the start of this run a couple of weeks ago. Or about a month ago, actually. No reason you shouldn't do the same when you're playing even better basketball now. When DePaul, you know, their season is over. They barely even played that many games, to be honest. No reason that you shouldn't easily take care of business against DePaul, win that game by 10 to 15 points, and then move on to Villanova. You know, and if you do that, if you take care of business against DePaul and you're 9-7, and seven, I think Villanova is a huge opportunity, you know, where a loss doesn't really kill you. You know, you can go out there and lose, you know, a game by 15 to Villanova next week, and it really wouldn't kill you. You know, no one's going to really hold that against you if you go out there and lose on the road at Villanova. But it's an opportunity to hold a season sweep over Villanova and, in my opinion, really punch your ticket right then and there. You know, you take care of business against DePaul on Saturday. You've got a shot next week against Villanova, if, if that game is played, obviously. We, we always have to say that now. You've got a shot against Villanova to really punch your ticket. You know, a week from now or Wednesday, whatever that game is, to really say, you know, with, with confidence, we're going to the NCAA tournament if we can sweep Villanova. So the opportunity is there for sure. But, you know, I think that you just put yourself in a really good spot now if you can take care of business against DePaul. Because even after Villanova, you know, you look ahead at the schedule. Providence, Seton Hall coming up as the final two games, both at home and both winnable games. You've beaten Providence once. Seton Hall, you played obviously two plus months ago now. You know, both teams are so different at this point. But I think we can all agree St. John's is a much better team now than they were two months ago. Seton Hall has improved for sure, but I don't think any team in the Big East has improved from two months ago as much as St. John's has. You're a much better team. And at home, there's no reason why you can't play with Seton Hall and beat Seton Hall. So the opportunities are there. You know, I think two and two in your final four, 10 and nine going into the Big East tournament, you'll probably have to do some work in the Big East tournament. Three and one, I think you are are a lock to go to the NCAA tournament at eleven and eight overall, and uh, and seventeen and nine, or eleven and eight over in the conference and seventeen and nine overall. I think you'd be a lock. So it's really all right out there in front of them. But tonight was a really big win. Hopefully, restarting another winning streak now, and uh, we'll see where they go from there. But tonight was a really really big win, a different type of win where everyone kind of contributed, where you won this game in the half court, where, you know, you kind of played Xavier's style of basketball, but you won the game, where Julian did his thing, where Posh did his thing, where a guy like Greg Williams even stepped up, you know, coming back from injury, where Marcellus had a huge game, where Isaiah, you know, you got contributions from five, six, seven guys in this game who played well. 
love to see that going forward now. And they're going to need that going forward. But a big, big win for the Red Storm's tournament hopes. We're going to talk a little bit more about that big win now with our guy, CT. And hope you guys enjoy this uh, this interview. And we'll be back on the other side to wrap it up. All right, joining me now is our guy, CT. He's come on a few times this season, and he comes on after arguably the biggest win to date for St. John's, or at least the most important win, I think, for St. John's. CT, how you doing, man? Hey, Troy. How's it going, man? Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Now, we're talking about St. John's 93-84 over Xavier tonight. To me, the story of this game, or at least one thing that I noticed that just looking at the box score right away that jumps out to me, Xavier only had those eight turnovers. This didn't feel like a typical St. John speed you up, turn you over, get out in transition type win. But what were your thoughts on it? I just think in, in total, you know, getting Champagne going just, you know, as he's been, you know, great all year. They get a quiet, it seems like almost a quiet 21 points. We're really yeah. not even surprised mm-hmm. that he scores 21 points on, you know, efficient shooting. Uh, Pasha thought it started slow, but then he picked it up in the second half, you know, with his great defense and uh, getting to the paint. I, I think I like the pace that St. John's was playing at. You know, mm-hmm. they weren't necessarily turning over Xavier much. Yeah. But they were playing fast, and Xavier's bigs are kind of slow. So Julian and Marcellus were able to get, you know, up and down the floor very quick, uh, hit some threes. So I like the pace they were playing at. And they also. Um, you know, play inside out basketball, which was very good. Mm-hmm. I think that also helped them, uh, you know, finally get the win at the end. Mm-hmm. I, I texted you early in the in the first half of this game, and I, I said, you know, they're going to need to hit some shots on the perimeter to win this game. You know, they're they're, they're going to, you know, Xavier was kind of doing a good job in the paint. It felt like at least in the first half, uh, right. twenty four assists on thirty four made field goals. The half court offense I thought was phenomenal tonight. Maybe the best it's been all season, honestly. Like in the half court, but what do you think about it? No, definitely, I, I definitely agree. You know, um, you know, Posh. I feel like Don got into the paint a little bit mm-hmm. uh, today, and you know, was kicking out some shots for uh, Champagne, and then you know, Marcellus Erlington. I I would have to say that he's arguably the MVP of the game. Yeah, he had four threes, I believe, three in the first half. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had sixteen points, almost had a double double, sixteen and nine. Mm-hmm. It's finally good to see him kind of you know have a steady game. He's been kind of on and off, you know, compared to last year, but uh, he was a big part of this win. Um, I really feel like. Like you saw tonight, um, his shooting was able to drag Xavier's bigs out from the paint. They weren't really able to, to keep up with uh, Erlington and Champetti. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And as and far I, as, you know, no, go ahead. You know, as go far ahead. as just, yeah, as far as, you know, defending them from the perimeter. So I really thought, you know, Anderson playing that kind of two forward lineup was very, you know, very good strategy for him tonight. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that even opened up things for a guy like Isaiah Moore, who went five or six from the field and I think had five dunks again. A guy who's kind of really just settled into his rhythm, knows what he is offensively. He did step out and hit the one three. But I mean, I feel I feel like, you know, their guards, like you mentioned, Dunn and Posh and even uh, Wusu had a nice pass to him. They were finding more again and he was always kind of right place, right time, soft hands and, and getting these easy shots at the basket. Right. You know, you definitely want, you know, more, um, you know, we've kind of this year seen him play outside of his role as more of, you know, trying to float around the perimeter a little bit, take outside jump shots. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, he's very, very efficient inside the paint. Mm-hmm. He's very good in the pick and roll, rolling to the basket. We've seen he's had a couple dunks, you know, even dunking on some people mm-hmm. in the past two games. So, you know, that's the way he has to play, you know, around the rim. He can step out occasionally hit the three. I think his three-point shot was pretty nice. Yeah. So it's definitely good to see, you know, him and Roberts having good impacts, you know, in the front court for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about Rasheem Dunn, too. I mean, 
I thought we kind of had the typical Rasheem Dunn, uh, you know, roller coaster type game. He had the 17 points, was very efficient from the field, had a couple assists. I mean, looking at the stat line, obviously he had five turnovers, but looking at the stat line, it looked like he played a really nice game, uh, but had a couple of head scratching moments, including uh, down the stretch, missed a couple of big free throws there. It, it just, to me, it just felt like a roller coaster game from Rasheem Dunn, you know? Yeah, I feel like that's definitely been the theme of the past. I feel like for the win streak, yeah, uh-huh. it's been kind of you know up and down. But for the most part, he's been pretty good. I think his defense has actually been pretty good. Um, you know, considering you know him and Posh been pretty good on mm-hmm. that end of the floor. Uh-huh. Um, you know, just for him, is just staying steady and not turning the ball over. Um, he's getting to his spots in the mid range, shooting shooting the ball, which is very good to see. He's yeah. a pretty good mid range shooter. Instead, you know, instead of him just taking the threes, which he doesn't like to do, um, it's just good that he's getting to the mid range, getting to the paint. I thought him and Posh been really good. Uh, floor game tonight for them, mm-hmm. you know, and, and getting the win. Even on even on defense as well, um, they held Paul Scruggs, who's arguably Xavier's best player, yeah. an NBA prospect as well, five thirteen, mm-hmm. one of six from three. So that was very good uh, defense by probably Dunn, uh, Alexander, and Greg Williams. Mm-hmm. Another thing I love about Dunn too is. For as much as as we get on him as a, as a fan base, it, it seems like he he is kind of hitting you know those big like not necessarily down the stretch of games, but you know like I think when they were down 14-11, he got fouled, went to the line, hit two free throws to break up a run. It feels like he is kind of hitting these like big jump shots that kind of you know shift the momentum you know midway through a game, and I think that's where you see kind of that that senior leadership kind of step up with him. But but what are your thoughts on that? No, I definitely agree. You know. Um... We always want Champagne to take the final shot. <laughs> Him being the best player on the floor, mm-hmm. he has to be taking those shots. And yeah. I think it's good for Dunn to kind of, you know, take the pressure off of him in that sense. Um, you know, he's hit in the Butler game, he hit some clutch uh, jumpers down the stretches that game as well. Um, I feel like he's hit Champagne a good amount uh, toward the end of the game, so to get him going, mm-hmm. which has been good to see. So, and he's also kind of, I feel like, taking the pressure off of Posh as well and giving him the ball and letting him you know, freelance and, and do what he does. So I think Don has been, uh, has been a really good leader for this team this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm just, I'm thinking now too, you know, talking about all this, you know, these weapons that St. John's has, I would love to go back and watch that first Xavier game now on, I think it was January 6th. So like a month and, you know, a month plus ago, I would love to go back and watch how different this team is offensively really from that point to now. And just, how much more comfortable I think they look in the half court, especially on offense, but even on defense. Um, you know, I, I, that's just something, an observation that I have is I would love to see like the difference, you know, in that game to now. Uh-huh. No, I think definitely, you know, what we've been kind of talking about is the, the moment the season changed was when Josh Roberts was inserted into the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. So I have, a, I have a stat here. St. John's during this win streak is seven and one when Josh Roberts plays 10 plus minutes a game. Mm-hmm. So even though he wasn't that effective tonight, yeah. Xavier's bigs kind of you know shoot the three, and he's he's kind of limited guarding the perimeter. Still, his presence defensively has been big for them. You know, Anderson's finally settled on a nine-man rotation where he's playing Josh and Isaiah uh, Moore as his two bigs. Yeah, and he's cut two out of the rotation, which was you know, which it was a tough decision. I'm I'm sure for a coach to do that. Yeah, but it was something that was necessary to do, and you know, St. John's has taken off uh, on this win streak. Mm-hmm. So Anderson's really figured out a rotation. You know, who who's playing with who. And obviously, you know, Josh and, and Julian have had, had big parts in, in this win streak. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And, and going back to tonight now as well, uh, with the rebounding, St. John's got out-rebounded, out-rebounded by 17 
in that first game against Xavier. Tonight, they win the rebounding battle by 5, 42 to 37. Uh, they, they allow 11 offensive rebounds, but it kind of felt like it was a team effort, you know, on the on the glass. You know, you mentioned, obviously, you wanted to see Erlington and Moore playing well. They combined for 14 rebounds. Posh grabs eight rebounds. It felt like everyone was kind of doing their part, but you're right. I mean, I, it feels like Erlington and Moore really stepped up, you know, in the paint, grabbing rebounds, not giving Xavier, you know, three, four shots at the rim on every possession. Right. I think Xavier's bigs are, are kind of more, you know, finesse bigs with yeah. two threes. And mm-hmm. some of them play in the paint, but they're not really athletic. So it was good that, you know, Erlington was able to have his way on the perimeter and, and Moore is athletic down there. So it was kind of tough for them to, to box him out. So, you know, it was good that they had an impact on the glass and, and that ultimately helped them win the game mm-hmm. compared to the last matchup. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. I mean,. Looking forward now, I, I think we all agree this was one that that St. John's kind of had to have, you know. Definitely. You know, this was a game, yeah, like like we said, you know, losing this game wouldn't have been catastrophic, but it probably would have made the tournament hopes, you know, kind of far fetched at this point. Um, going forward now, I mean, we were talking off air. W- what are your thoughts on on you know what they need to do down the stretch to make the NCAA tournament? Is two going to get it done? Is three going to get it done? Where do those wins have to have to come from? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I think they need at least two. You know, definitely they have to beat DePaul mm-hmm. uh, coming up. That's a must-win game. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I feel like Providence and, and Seton Hall are winnable games as well as Villanova on the road. You know, they they stomped Villanova last yeah. week. Mm-hmm. So and Villanova's been kind of hit or miss. They just got blown out by Creighton mm-hmm. on the road. And you know, I think St. John's really has some answers to what Villanova does compared to years past. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think I think every game here is winnable, but it's just going to come down to I think St. John's should feel good about winning at least two games down the stretch and then uh, going into the Big East tournament. I think them getting a high seed where maybe they have, I think they would have a bye, right? If they were finished top five, top five. Yeah. gets a bye. Yep. Top five. Yeah. So if they get to the top five and they have a bye, I feel like that'd be very beneficial for them. You know, it's kind of seeing, you know, who they're going to match up with uh, in the tournament. Mm-hmm. And another important thing too, you mentioned about the top five, if you're sixth, you're almost certainly going to match up with DePaul in the first round of the Big East tournament and that game you know does nothing for you you know that's you know especially if you're on the bubble let's say if they are 10 and 9 in the conference and they do finish 6 let's say and they got to make a run one you're having to play an extra game you don't get that by and two like that DePaul win would really do nothing for you in terms of building a tournament resume whereas a 5 seed like we mentioned you could be playing UConn you could be playing Xavier again you know it's it's more of a chance to build a resume I feel like in the Big East tournament at least I think I think St. John's this year, especially. I know last year they kind of made a mini run at the end of the uh, the Big East tournament. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this team this year can play with anyone. We've seen it this year. They just beat Villanova. I, I do have a little bit of a uh, hesitancy with uh, Creighton. Uh-huh. I think that would be a tough matchup. Yeah. But compared to now, compared to the last game they played, I feel like they're better off uh, facing them. But I would still try to stay away from that side of the bracket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe see if anyone, maybe a UConn or a Providence, could play them first and try to knock them out. So then St. John's can kind of see who they play. But, you know, going forward, I really think they, they need at least the two games. Mm-hmm. And then I think they'll be good going to the Big East tournament. Yeah, I, I think you... They just have to keep this up. Exactly. You just got to... I mean, DePaul at home is, is a must-win, you know, and, and it's a, a must-win in, like, a different sense than this game was. This game was, you know, a must-win just to kind of stay Respect. on the bubble. It, yeah, exa- DePaul is more just, you know, you you can't lose that game to DePaul um, going forward. And then, you're right, I mean... They're a better team than Providence, I think. And at home, I think they're just as good of a team as Seton Hall. So those are two winnable games right there. I don't think it's far-fetched to think that they get to, to 10 wins in the conference, which is a crazy thought, you know, you know, 
talking a month ago after that Marquette game to say that they'd be getting to 10 conference was this year. It's insane. Right. No, the turnaround has been, has been really good to see. Um, like I said, I think Anderson deserves a ton of credit for mm-hmm. kind of the rotations that he's done and the lineups that he's playing. And I think it's, we should give it to the players too. The players have been playing really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Julian Champagne, like, I can't say anything else about him. The leap that he's made from his freshman year to this year has been unprecedented. Yeah. You know, he's leading the Big East in scoring, put himself on the NBA radar. I don't think he'll declare this year, mm-hmm. but maybe next year will probably be his year. But just to see how he's kind of, you know, carried the, the team this year has been great to see. And, you know, he's put them in position to make a, you know, NCAA tournament run here in his second year. Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot here now. I'll, I'll ask you one question and then I'll let you go. Um, outside of Josh Roberts, who I know that you love, and I, we won't say Julian, we'll leave him out as well. Who's been like the, the one guy on St. John's that you feel like has most, you know, revved up this turnaround for them since losing that Marquette game? Who's like the one guy that's been the X factor than that for them in this uh, recent hot streak? I have to say it's Posh. I mean, he's just been, you know, just seeing his three-point shooting, mm-hmm. where he's kind of been willing to take more shots, has been great to see. And it's been important for the offense. That's why I see the offense has been, you know, that good, because he would be kind of hesitant to shoot. And now he's shooting the three. And, you know, he's really taking a step up. I feel like Rasheem has handed him the keys to, yeah. to running the team, which has been good to see. And, uh, you know, he's put Julian in great positions to score. And, you know, everyone on the team to score as well. Mm-hmm. So I really have to say, you know, Posh and Julian have kind of you know, carried the ship. And it was I was kind of skeptical when Greg Williams went out because he was probably playing as the second best player on the team mm-hmm. that they were able to go on the streak. Mm-hmm. So now that Greg is back and he's kind of in a rhythm now, and he played pretty well tonight too. Yeah. So it's good to have him back. Um, they're going to need him going forward. You know, him and him and Erlington especially going forward, they're going to need, uh, you know, both their production. Yeah, even, win, even, some of these games. even Greg tonight, we didn't touch on with the eight points. He really should have had, had 12, right? He missed that one layup at, at, at right. right before halftime. Then he missed the other one. Yeah. He played very well as, as, as well. And he hit that big three to put them back up 11. Um, yeah, he looked very good in his return. You're absolutely right. Um, yeah, but I mean, that's all I got, man. Thank you. Thank you so much for, uh, for coming on and you know breaking this game down obviously we love having you on it's a it's a big win for the johnnies you know and now we'll see uh we'll see how they how they fare these final what four games of the season and then we'll see how they do in the biggies tournament we'll definitely have you on again maybe break down the biggies tournament or something uh down the stretch but thank you for coming on tonight man sounds good thank you for having me on show i appreciate it big win tonight absolutely you have a good rest of your night you too all right all right thanks one more time to our guy CT for coming on and breaking down the Red Storm's win. You can check him out on Twitter at ctfazio 24 for all things St. John's basketball and the Denver Nuggets as well. Does an awesome job on there. Does an awesome job on here. Uh, looking at the Big East standings now at the time of this recording on Tuesday night. St. John's is in fifth place, obviously. Uh, two games back of UConn, who is 7-5. The Red Storm are 8-7. They do have the tiebreaker. They are not going to make up that game against UConn, doesn't seem like. So a half game back right now um, will have the tiebreaker. But I, I think it's going to be tough to make up those two games in the loss column against UConn right now, to be honest with you. Um, with James Buchnight back, I think the Huskies are really a top 25 team. They really handled Providence very easily tonight. Um, I haven't looked at their schedule, but I, I don't see UConn losing a ton of games. I know they play Villanova coming up. Uh, let me pull up their schedule here for a second and see uh, how they're going to fare the next couple of games. But 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, they play Georgetown, Marquette, and then George. They play Georgetown twice and then Marquette. They shouldn't lose those games, to be honest with you. So at, at the very least, UConn's going to win three more and lose two more. That would give them uh, just seven losses. That would put them at at what ten and seven. So it's going to be tough for St. John's to really catch them for fourth place, and I don't think they're going to catch Seton Hall for third place either. I think the goal should be to stay in fifth place, though. I really think that should be a reasonable goal here to be in fifth place. You'd likely be matched up against either UConn or Seton Hall. If you were in that fifth spot in the conference, you would get the bye, obviously. And then you'd have another shot in the Big East tournament at a big resume boosting win in that first round against either Seton Hall or against UConn, obviously. You don't want to be six. Like I mentioned again to CT, sixth place, you're playing DePaul and that game does nothing for you. You don't want to have to play DePaul. And then obviously, you know, you don't know who you'd match up with in the second round with, but it's just a meaningless game that you don't want to have to play. And I think you're good enough, and I think you have opportunities now to finish fifth place in this conference and to get that, you know, another shot or another crack at a resume booster in the Big East tournament in the first round. You know, in a game that you really might need. You know, if St. John's goes two and two in these final four games now, you know, let's say that they beat DePaul and they beat Providence, but they drop the other two games. They lose to Villanova and they lose to uh, to Seton Hall, let's say. And they are 10 and nine, but they but they don't really have a ton of marquee wins outside of Villanova. And now this Xavier wins a nice one as well. Um, that Big East tournament is going to be huge. You know, and like I mentioned, I don't think a DePaul win would even do anything for you whatsoever. It could really only hurt you as it, as it could really on Saturday as well. I think having a shot to play Seton Hall or to play UConn again in the Big East tournament could end up determining your NCAA tournament hopes. So you want to get to fifth place. You want to stay where you're at right now. You obviously have the edge over, edge over Xavier. You have a two-game advantage over uh, Providence now in the loss column, who's 7-9. and nine. Butler as well is 6-9, and nine, so... You shouldn't fall any lower than sixth, absolutely. And I really think fifth place is a uh, attainable goal now going forward for the Red Storm. But we will wrap up this show now. We will be back. We will do another episode uh, next week after the Villanova game. So be on the lookout for that one. It's a huge game regardless of what happens. But hopefully they take care of business against DePaul. And then Villanova becomes a huge game uh, next Tuesday night. So be sure to check that one out. And uh, we'll talk then. But as always, let's go Johnnies.